Thanks for joining us on Stand Strong in the Word podcast with author, speaker, and worldview expert, Jason Jimenez. Stand Strong in the Word podcast is devoted to walking listeners through the Bible in a fresh and powerful way. We pray your spirit is nourished as you gain new perspectives and a renewed appreciation for God's Word. Now, here's Jason Jimenez. Welcome to Stand Strong in the Word podcast. Jason Jimenez with you as always. So glad that you have tuned into another week as we dive into the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. So I am pumped and I'm ready to just jump right in to podcast 52. The title is When Your Mistakes Come Back to Haunt You. So here, don't freak out. Here's the good news. We're not really going to be focusing in on your mistakes or my mistakes, praise God for that, and how they're going to come back to haunt us. But what we're going to be doing on today's podcast is we're going to be taking a look at an individual who made some major mistakes, and one in particular, what he did to John the Baptist, and then later on, he starts freaking out, and it's haunting King Herod, and we're going to be looking at that, and hopefully as we conclude the podcast, do a little reflection in your life and in my life as well. Now, if you missed the previous podcast, as always, Stand Strong in the Word um, is available on StandStrongMinistries.org. You, we have all the archives there. We have all my notes there. So those are for your convenience. And the good news is we are now on Google Play. So if you've been listening through SoundCloud and you have an Android, you can now download our podcast. All you have to do is go to go, uh, Google Play, click on music, click podcasts, do a search for Stand Strong, Stand Strong in the Word, and boom, there it is. And you can start doing your feed through that. So that is great news as we continue to expand this platform. If you love it, if you've been learning and you've been sharing with your friends or family members or telling your church about it or small group at church or wherever you meet, maybe on college campus, hey, we would love to hear from you. Info at standstrongministries.org. You can always Give a donation. If this ministry has been a blessing to you and you want us to continue to reach people around the world, then I just would be so honored and so blessed if you would donate and and just give a few dollars to support the ongoing uh, ministry that we're doing here through the podcast. So that'd be awesome. So today is podcast 52, as I mentioned. Now, as always, you know, when we're looking through a chronological teaching, we're jumping around, right? We're going through Matthew and then Mark. And what does Luke have to say? Does John mention anything? And a lot of times as we're kind of going through charting a lot of these different details about Jesus, a lot of the synoptics kind of are parallel more so as you, you and I know with John. And so oftentimes when we're going through the podcast, we're really just looking at Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then sometimes John just has this one story that only he tells or goes in greater depth into a teaching of Jesus Christ. Um, and so today, once again, we're looking at Matthew 14, 1 through 12, Mark 6, 14 through 29, and Luke chapter 9, 7 through 9. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you Mark's account because it's a little bit more detail from verses 14 through 29 of chapter 6. But to bring us up to speed... Jesus is his fame is blowing up and there's reports already coming out because remember he resurrected a dead person in Luke chapter 7 11 through 17 and his and then he sends out his disciples in Matthew 10 I just touched on that in podcast 51 last week and they're going out there and they're performing miracles and casting out demons well the popularity the fame the reports are spreading so fast that now King Herod he hears about what's happening and then he gets scared because he believes all of this is being done because John has been resurrected. And not only that, but he he fears John's coming back for him. 
And so King Herod starts flipping out from these reports. So let me just read Mark's account and then, as always, jump in, give some commentary, give some clarification, and then we can wrap it up with some application. So let's hit it. Mark 6, beginning in verse 14, says, King Herod heard of it, for Jesus' name had become known. Some said, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. But others said, he is Elijah. And others said, he is a prophet like one of the prophets of old. But when Herod heard of it, he said, John, whom I have beheaded, has been raised. For it was Herod who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he had married her. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you, Herod, to have your brother's wife. And Herodias had a grudge against John and wanted to put him to death, but she could not. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. But an opportunity came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a banquet for his nobles and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. For when Herodias' daughter came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his guests. And the king said to the girl, Ask for whatever you wish, and I will give it to you. And he vowed to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. And she went on and said to her mother, for what should I ask? And she said, the head of John the Baptist. And she came in immediately with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was exceedingly sorrowful because of his oaths and his guests. He did not want to break his word to her. And immediately the king sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. He went in and beheaded him in the prison and brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. You know, every time I read this passage, you know, it saddens me to know that John the Baptist was beheaded, that he had to go through that. But I'm also reminded that he went through that because of the man that he was. The reality is there are people out there even as we're listening to this podcast right now, that hate Christians and they will do whatever they can to remove them from this world. And that will continue to come in the spirit of the Antichrist. And even when the Antichrist himself physically comes on earth and martyring Christians, you know, martyring them because they follow Jesus and they will not follow him. So that's just a great reminder as we're looking at John the Baptist that you and I will pray and say, God, give me the kind of boldness, give me the kind of conviction that a man like John the Baptist had. Okay, with that being said now, let's dive right into Mark chapter 6, beginning verse 14. Okay, so we're introduced to King Herod, who was also known as Herod Antipas. Now, if you remember, Herod Antipas, or King Herod, he was one of the three sons to Herod the Great. And one of the commentaries said this, Herod Antipas, or King Herod, was tetriarch, which meant he was the ruler of a fourth part of his father's kingdom of Galilee and Perea, which was under the jurisdiction of Rome from 4 BC to AD 39. Now, officially... Herod was not a king, but Mark's use of the title probably reflected local custom in view of Herod's covetous ambitions. Now, we're told in verse 15 that people are responding to King Herod, but trying to explain who this Jesus is. Some say he's Elijah, maybe he's a prophet, or maybe he's a prophet of old. So they were unable to explain Jesus exactly right. They don't know nowhere are we told in any of the Gospels at this point of time that they're saying, maybe he's the Messiah, maybe he is actually the chosen one. And and they're getting confused because in one sense, Jesus's ministry reflects that of John's in Mark 1, 4 through 9. 
And John reflected that of the prophet Elijah, remember? And remember, Elijah never died, 2 Kings 2.11, and that we're told he's going to return in Malachi 3.1 in chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. Or maybe he's neither Elijah or John. Maybe he's a different prophet of, uh, of, of some time period that we are not aware of. But notice that Herod, after hearing all these responses of people trying to bring explanation, he says, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised. In Luke 9, 9, it says, John, I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And notice it says here in Luke's account, Herod seeks to see him. So he wants to come face to face so that way he can put this to rest. This shows you, my friend, that Herod, after doing what he did to John the Baptist, never got over it. He has a superstitious fear. And it's almost like this divine judgment is going to come upon him because he knows he's a wicked man and he knows what he did was murder and he's going to pay for it. And it's also interesting that King Herod, you know, believes in in these miracles of a physical resurrection. So again, speaks to the superstition. He can't explain it. Nobody around him can explain it. But also want to make mention, I thought this was pretty fascinating when I was reading through some commentaries. This John I beheaded is a play on words, almost indicating that Herod suffered from these imagery of John's bloody head. So that's how much this has tormented him. So when John, when Jesus' ministry is blowing up now and reports are spreading all over the place, remember, Jesus is a Galilean and King Herod or, or Herod Antipas is the tetrarch of within that, within that region. So he is, he is thinking, my time is, is over. So this is now when we get to the flashback in verses 17 through 20 of Mark 6, where it reminds us that Herod, who had sent and seized John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because he was married to her, for John, member told him that you can't do what you're doing, that's adultery. So although Herod, he was not a Jew, what's fascinating is that John the Baptist, he didn't shy away from confronting King Herod over violating God's laws according to Leviticus 18. What's amazing about this is that John the Baptist didn't care. He didn't care that Herod had the power to uh, behead him. He risked that because he knew what his ultimate reward was. John the Baptist did not deny Jesus. He believed in Jesus to be the Lamb of God, to take away the sins of the world. And he knew that Herod was an evil man, and he knew that God still loved him and that he could be forgiven. And so he offered that to Herod, and yet Herod refused. We're told here in Scripture that he would often go hear John the Baptist. So John the Baptist had great opportunity, many opportunities, um, to to share uh, the love of God to Herod, and yet he still refused that. But yet we're told also in Scripture that Herod, it wasn't like Herod thought he was a madman, that he was crazy, and he would go there just to argue with him or to make fun of him. It says that he knew he was a righteous man. So Herod knew that John the Baptist was actually right in what he said and that he admired him. He looked up to him. That's why um, Herodias couldn't do anything about John the Baptist because of her husband. He protected him. This goes back to the relationship that Ahab had with Jezebel. You know, Jezebel was able to influence Ahab to do bad things. Well, eventually Herodias was able to do the same thing to Herod, where she was able to convince him by using her daughter to manipulate her husband. And although King Herod feared John the Baptist, he ultimately cared more about his position of power than anything. And so upon him being manipulated, if you will, at the party, he gave gave in. And, and that's the sad thing about King Herod that we're told at this moment 
because we're told that he was greatly perplexed, that there was a lot of confusion that he went through. We don't know why. It doesn't explain why, but he was certainly a troubled man. And then we're told in Matthew 14, 5, although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. So despite the draw that Herod had over John and his words, it was the people who believed him to be a prophet, not Herod. See, I think that's a that's a valuable lesson is there are a lot of people, my friends out there, that are drawn, if you will, to righteous people, people of God. They hear the scriptures, they listen, they go to church, whatever. They're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're one of them right now. And yet you still, though, allow unbelief to continue to consume your life. That no matter what evidence, no matter what proof, no matter what answers come your way, you're still not satisfied by that. So although John had this kind of interaction with King Herod and King Herod with John, at the end of the day, the people believed him to be a prophet, not Herod. Lane writes this in his commentary, More weak than cruel, Herod listened to John with an undeniable fascination John's word left him perplexed and in anguish, yet he found a strange pleasure in the authoritative preaching of this holy man, whose stringent life gave added power to his probing word. Too weak to follow John's counsel, he nevertheless had to listen. So then we look at Mark 6, 21 through 25, is now it's the birthday party, it's they're at the banquet, there's nobles, there's military commanders there, there's a hall. The high and mighty people there. And Herodias's daughter comes in. She gives a dance. It pleases Herod. He says, hey, ask whatever you wish and I'll give it to you. She doesn't know what to, to ask for. So she leans into her mother and she immediately, because remember, this was all set up, says, ask for the head of John the Baptist. And so she comes back in haste and says, I want the head of John the Baptist. So now let me just touch on a few things about this particular passage of scripture. Now, at this birthday party, again, there's nobles, military officers, prominent people of high society. Her daughter, which is known as Salome in history, uh, this type of dance was a sexual dance, okay? This was initiated by her mother. Her mother wanted her daughter to dance. Now, the people of in high society, they did not lower their standards this way. They were not part of the entertainment like this. They didn't do the dancing, especially sexual dancing like this. It, but So this goes to show you how sick and immoral and twisted this family was. And again, it goes back to why John the Baptist was so devoted to God and so bold in proclaiming the truth to this type of society. No matter their wealth, no matter their status, he didn't care about that. Remember, John the Baptist didn't have much. He lived out in the wilderness. You know, his diet, his food, with locusts and honey, wasn't much. So he didn't care about the power and the prestige of these people. He saw the lifestyle he lived, and he confronted it. And as a result, he was put in prison. And then eventually he was beheaded. Now this phrase here, up to half my kingdom, again, remember, Herod is not a king. Therefore, he didn't have a kingdom. So you're not to take this thing literally. Herod didn't have a kingdom, and it goes to show you that what kind of reality was this man even living in? He steals his brother's wife. His stepdaughter, if you will, dances provocatively, probably naked sexually in front of him. It pleases him. You know, I don't know all the details. Again, the scripture, thank God, doesn't go in great detail about what was taking place at this type of party. But you can imagine the kind of orgies and sickness that was taking place. And then with a sick demonic presence there within the evil heart of Herodias, just like Jezebel, she wants that prophet of God dead. 
Now we're told in Mark 6, 26, the king was exceedingly sorrowful because of his oath. You know, he's like, I don't want to do this, but I said this in front of my guests. Now this Greek word for exceedingly sorrowful is paralipos, which is a graphic expression of intense sorrow and distress. Now this same word, paralipos, is used to describe the agony of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Mark 14, 34. So Herod, he feared the repercussions Okay, of murdering a prophet of God. Now, history, here's what's sad, and I think it goes to this. In history, we're told that Herod and Herodias, they eventually committed suicide. You know why? Because King Agrippa accuses Herod eventually down the road of treason and exiles him. And so there, Herod and Herodias at some point commit suicide. So Mark 6, 27, 28, he gives the order for the executioner to take uh, uh, John and to behead him and to bring his head on a platter. So he hands it over to the girl and it says the girl gave it to her mother. So again, this act points to the hatred and the total disgust, the vile behavior of the Romans to the Jewish people. So on earth, it may seem that Herodias and Herod won when in fact they didn't. They attacked the man of God and it tormented them for the rest of their life to where they committed suicide. They were there, my friends, enjoying the pleasures of the world, thinking they're on top of the world. And within an instant, it was over. We know where John the Baptist is. We know that he's in heaven with our Lord. And we know that one day we will meet John the Baptist, but not Herod. Herod had all the opportunity in the world to listen to the truth of God, and yet he rejected it. And he was so confused as to who Jesus Christ was, he didn't even see it. John the Baptist was preparing the way for the Messiah. Herod knew that. He knew that the things he was hearing about Jesus were, was pointing to him being the Messiah. And yet all he cared about was freaking out that John the Baptist was coming back or had come back and was haunting him and it was payback. He was a paranoid individual. And so my friends, I think to wrap up this podcast, I just want to focus on a few things real quickly, if I may. One is this. If you have people in your life that you've been sharing the gospel with and they're still you feel like, man, they're not moving in any, any direction towards the Lord. I, I don't know if it's me or, or what or what's going on. Please don't give up. Continue to show the love of Jesus Christ with them. Continue to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Continue to do your best to answer their questions. Number two is this. There are people like King Herod today who have a hard heart, who are in sensual, sexual sin. And you and I have to be Above that, we have to make sure that we don't fall prey to these kind of perverse people in the world. So we need to continue to pray for protection over ourselves. We need to continue to pray protection over our children, with our spouses and our marriages and the people around us, because the enemy wants to try to lure people in to that type of darkness. So we have to make sure that we're walking in light, that we're walking in the spirit, that we don't, that we don't fulfill the lust of flesh. And number three, if there are mistakes that you've made in the past and they're still haunting you today... You have to give that to the Lord. Now, the difference with Herod is that he didn't believe in Jesus. He didn't seek for restoration. He didn't repent of his sins, and it destroyed him. But if you know Jesus Christ, and yes, as I have carried many mistakes in the past, you know, at some point, my friends, we just cannot continue to let it burden us down and destroy our futures. We need to give it to the Lord. So I just ask before we conclude this podcast or when you finish listening to this podcast, if you need to make things right with an individual, if you've made mistakes in a relationship, in your marriage with a child, with one of your son or daughter or a colleague, whatever it is, I don't know, 
But I know all of us as human beings, we've done wrong. We've made mistakes. But guess what? If you want to walk in the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ and you receive that right now, make it right with other people. Don't let the mistakes that you have made in the past destroy your future. So with that, continue to stand strong, my friends. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for your support. And I will see you on the next podcast. For more information on Jason Jimenez and Stand Strong Ministries, visit us at standstrongministries.org. Thank you for listening and keep standing strong in the Word of God.